You are listening to the Toxic Mold Podcast with Steve Worsley, the toxic mold expert and your number one source for mold consulting and mitigation in the USA. Let's dive into a brand new episode. Before we get started on this episode, here's a not so short disclaimer. While all attempts have been made to verify the content provided in this podcast, neither the podcaster or the producers assume any responsibility for errors, omissions, or alternative interpretations of the issues discussed here. All information stated in this podcast is the opinion of Steve Worsley. Steve Worsley is a mold specialist with over 25 years of experience in the construction and mold industry. The Toxic Mold Podcast is for information sharing purposes only. The views expressed are those of the podcaster and his alone. These views should not be taken as expert instruction or commands. While there may be references to medical conditions and symptoms, all podcast episodes are the opinion of Steve Worsley and any medical questions or concerns shall be addressed with the appropriate licensed medical professional or professionals. As the podcaster refers to different mold types, please be aware that Steve Worsley is not a microbiologist and questions concerning mold specifics should be answered by the appropriate professional. Steve isn't nor does he offer any legal advice. For any legal advice, you must speak with a lawyer. The listener is 100% responsible for his or her own actions. You can check out Steve's books on Amazon. Just go to Amazon and search for author Steve Worsley. You can also take Steve's courses on Udemy or Skillshare, and you can find out more about those at cnccontractorservices.com. Now, let's get to the episode. Hello, you're listening to the Toxic Mold Podcast with myself, Steve Worsley. Today we are on episode 215. Hope all of you are doing well and staying safe out there. Hope your 4th of July went well and you're enjoying summer. Uh, probably not so much this heat. Uh, if you get a chance, head up to the mountains. There's a lot of places in Wyoming where it's nice and cool, so it beats the uh, the summer heat. So anyhow, today's episode is probably the most talked about thing when it comes to mold, and it is proper chemicals to get rid of toxic mold spores. We kind of touched on chemicals last week when I talked about mold mitigation, but chemicals is something that there's a lot of differing opinions about it. I don't believe anybody's right and anybody's wrong. There are some things that, in my opinion, people are wrong about. And that would be something like, yeah, you can just fog or spray mold on whatever cellulose materials and it'll go away. And usually they use the term to kill mold. I'm not a big fan of using that term. You can't just spray chemicals on mold and think the mold's going to go away. It's nine times out of ten, it's actually going to make it worse. Most chemicals, so bleach is one of the most common things we hear about. There's concrobiums out there, there's fungicides, uh, there's all sorts of disinfectants. Really all just, people can word things however they want to. But most of those chemicals are 90, 95% water. So just let's say that you have some mold on the sheetrock behind your water heater and The area is not too big, so you don't think it's a big deal. If you were to take those chemicals 
and let's say it's a concrobium, you, you go to the hardware store and it says mold remover. Most of the time it never says mold remover. It says stain remover. Anyhow, you buy that, you, you go home and you're like, man, this is going to be awesome. We're going to we're going to get rid of this mold. We don't even have to call Steve or any professionals in. And we don't, it only cost us $15. And, you know, we bought a little thing of concrobium, a couple masks, some gloves, a monkey suit. We're good to go, right? <laughs> Not so fast, actually. Uh, if you spray the, those chemicals on that sheetrock, 95% of that is water. And 5% to 10%, it all depends on what we're talking about, is some sort of chemical. Um, and that would be whatever the manufacturer uses there's you know hydrogen peroxide there's bleach um it, it's it all depends on what it is but anyhow those harsh chemicals evaporate quickly and where do you think the water goes the water's going to go deeper into that surface that you're spraying so you literally if you're spraying that sheetrock you're promoting deeper mold growth so you're literally feeding the mold Plus, on top of that, you're spraying something. You probably don't have it inside of a containment. And so then you're exposing yourself to all those mold spores. And I've said this numerous times. The reason I believe we have the mold epidemic, it's my first book that I wrote, is because of chemicals and building materials. And when you combine those two, the off-gassing, or what I call the VOCs, can be quite harmful to you. So you, you could take mold spores that are on a little area of sheetrock and you could spray those and you could spread those spores into the air. They could go anywhere. They could find their way to a thriving environment where it's nice and damp and humid, dark, and you literally could be spreading the mold throughout your home. So that's why by itself spraying chemicals is never a good idea. So I'm sure your question is, well, what can we spray it on? So for me and my technicians and or my guys is what I call them. Uh, for all you women out there, I don't have any any female uh, mold technicians. So when I say my guys, it's because they're all men. Um, we do what's called the wipe test. So what you do is, let's just say there's mold on that sheetrock. Obviously, you do this under proper conditions, PPE, containments, all that fun stuff. If you can run your finger through that mold across that mold and you can see a definitive line from your finger that would tell me you can probably treat that material with a concrobium or any type of chemical and wipe the mold away if it smears you cannot do that if the suspected mold smears you either are going to have to remove those materials or you're going to have to do more than just spray them meaning you'll have to you can baking soda blast it dry dry ice blast it or sand it down it's the wipe test that i call it and you know seems fairly simple it's not always that simple but if if you see that definitive line that tells me that you're on a non-porous surface that you're doing that through so if you can imagine sheetrock running your finger through the mold versus a tile in your bathroom if there's mold directly on it you know totally different one's porous one's non-porous so that's how you can decide if you can spray chemicals on it. Now, do we spray chemicals on sheetrock? Sometimes, not very often, but I think the only reason we do that is to suppress those mold spores to keep them from becoming airborne. But for the most part, that's not really a concern because we're either bagging things, we have containments, there's really no reason behind it. So 
for sheetrock insulation, rarely do we ever spray it. It's just got to be removed. And that's what we do. We bag it, haul it out to a container, haul it to the dump, do whatever. So I, I want to cover the types of chemicals that we use. And the reason I want to cover it is because I get asked all the time, you know, do you guys use Benefact or do you use Decon 30 or do you use Mold Armor? Do you use RMR? Like there's all kinds of different brands out there. And when I get that question, I always say, well, it depends on what we're spraying it on and it depends on what the end result's going to be. There are different chemicals we use for fogging. There's different chemicals we use on non-porous materials. There's different chemicals we use for porous materials. So it all depends on what we're doing. But to give you an example, so we're doing mold mitigation in your mechanical room. You have that mold on the sheetrock behind your water heater. The water heater was leaking. You didn't know it. The humidity got elevated. Mold started growing. You know, what, what do we do as far as chemicals? We create a containment. I'm not going to go through all the mitigation steps. We talked about that last week. Um, but we remove the water heater so we can get behind it, access all that. We remove the sheetrock and then you have wall studs up above it. If we go up high enough, you could have roof trusses. You could have floor joists um, at the bottom, at the floor level. It could be a concrete floor. So you just have your wood sill plate, which should be either uh, pressure treated or redwood. And if it's not concrete, if it's not like a basement, um, it could be on whatever type of flooring. So you'd have your flooring material, let's just say it's tile. Then below that, you're going to have hopefully have Duroc. Below that, you're going to have your subfloor. Below that, you're going to have your floor joists. So once we remove things like the floor covering, we assess the subfloor, then we get down to the floor joists. We're not going to just go in there and cut out a floor joist. And sometimes we do, but for the most part, no, our clients don't want to pay us for that. But anyhow, uh, we would see the floor joist and we go, okay, there's, there's suspected mold on that. Maybe it's discoloration. We're not sure. We can spray a chemical on there. Um, we prefer, or I prefer to use uh, either Shockwave or uh, what's called IAQ. Uh, we use a lot of products that are manufactured by Fiberlock. Uh, we are not endorsed by Fiberlock, nor are we endorsing them. That's just the, the brand that we use. And the reason why is we have best experiences with that. Uh, you, you can buy all sorts of stuff. But anyhow, IAQ has hydrogen peroxide in it. And so it doesn't have bleach. And the the hydrogen peroxide, it almost, what hydrogen peroxide does on organic materials is it kind of tries to eat it away. It foams up a little bit. And so that'll tell us like if there's, if there's still organic materials or things like mold spores that are viable or could become viable, it'll kind of foam up on that. And it, it's kind of interesting to see. But anyhow, that tells us like, yeah, we got to, you know, do some more sanding. But either way, we use... Typically, we use Shockwave or IAQ. Shockwave is a disinfectant. Uh, it's a fungicide, whereas IAQ is classified as a cleaner. Like I said, I'm not going to go through the list of things when we use it and why we use it and all that. But my point is, is yes, we do use those chemicals and we're doing it in containments. We're doing it with proper PPE. We're not mixing chemicals together. Uh, you know, we're doing it from a professional viewpoint. And when you're listening to this and you're like, well, I've heard you, Steve. You're like, no, no, you never spray chemicals. Well, of course, that's what I'm going to tell you listeners. Um, and it's not because I don't believe you're competent enough. It's just, you know, we're all experts in what we do. And I'm a specialist in mold. So when we're spraying chemicals and doing those kinds of things, we have the experience. We have the education. We know 
what to do, what to spray it on, and how to handle that. So, yes, we use chemicals. Like, if you hear a mold mitigation company that comes in and says, yeah, you know, we do mold mitigation, we're totally green, we don't use any chemicals, I'm not sure how you can accomplish mold mitigation without using chemicals. And we try not to use the harsh chemicals um, like Benefact, uh, Decon 30. They're classified as, you know, more environmentally friendly, but they still have VOCs. And at the end of the day, um, not sure how to word it, but there's no green way to get rid of mold when we're doing remediation. So um, not that we don't care, but we're doing it inside of containments with the proper equipment, air scrubbers, airflow, like we're doing it um, under very controlled conditions. So I just want to be clear. Yes, we use chemicals and I just went through why and when we would use them. Hopefully you understood the way I explained it. I know I I kind of go through this quickly. Uh, that's why I like to have either a guest, if it's my wife. Uh, hopefully a lot of you listened to Dr. Fox's interview. Uh, we interviewed her a couple weeks ago, and she was phenomenal. So if you're listening, Dr. Fox, we appreciate you. You you brought a lot of information on the medical side uh, to the Toxic Mold podcast. And I, I've already gotten feedback. Uh, people just loved it. You know, it's, it's a rare occasion that the normal listeners can hear an expert just give them free advice and, and she had plenty and well for you listeners uh when she she's creating a course and when she's done with that and she's ready to launch that she hasn't agreed to it yet but she said she'd come back on we'll have her back on we'll help her promote that uh, course that she's creating um but we can ask her some more questions so those of you listening, if you do have some questions for Dr. Fox, shoot me an email, info at cnccontractorservices.com. If you have a specific question, we'll try to get that question in. Otherwise, there's a lot of generalized questions that we typically ask. But anyhow, that's why I like having guests. Uh, I kind of get off on my little tangents, and my wife says to me all the time, well, not everybody knows what you're talking about when you're talking about it, so I do apologize, but that's that's the luxury of having guests. Uh, it's the downfall of you having to listen to just me. But the million-dollar question that, that I'm sure a lot of you listeners are asking yourselves, I get asked this pretty much on every consultation. If I get involved in a conversation on social media, this question comes up, and it is, what can you spray bleach on? So let me repeat that. They ask me, what can you spray bleach on? Because that's what they hear all the time. Bleach kills mold. As I've said before, I do not like the term killing mold. We remove mold. We don't kill it. And can you kill it? Yes. But on the other hand, if you're if your intentions were to just kill the mold behind that water heater we were talking about on that sheetrock, you might be able to kill those mold spores, but there's a lot more because mold is naturally present. There's a lot more mold spores floating around in the home. So you might kill one little spot, but it's like having skin cancer and it's in three different places and they only take one section of it out. Uh, you have to deal with the other sections. I'm obviously not a cancer doctor, but you got to do other things too to prevent that cancer from spreading. Same concept with mold. So using the term killing mold, I don't like to use. But what can you spray bleach on? There's a lot of things you can. We talked about the wipe test. So if you're in your shower or in your bathroom and you think you have mold on, let's just say your countertop, and that countertop is granite, formica, there's all sorts of different types of countertops. If it's, for the most part, not porous as far as the surface itself, or if it's been stained, if it's a wood and it has a stain and it has a, a clear coat on it, polyurethane, 
it's not going to be porous, even though the wood below it is. If you can do that wipe test and you can see that line, you can spray. I wouldn't recommend Clorox. Clorox is very harsh. It's a very harsh chemical. Um, a lot of people say vinegar, hydrogen peroxide. I leave all the chemical stuff up to the experts. That's why we buy our products. But you can use things like bleach. You can go get a concrobium from your hardware store to get rid of that suspected mold that, let's say, is on a non-porous surface. Uh, it's a, you know, when I say non-porous, technically, concrete is not, it's, it's, it's somewhat porous, but for the most part, it's not. Uh, things like tile, they're not porous. And, and the reason I say that is they can be, just like grout, but they all should have a sealer on them. So that's when you can use bleach. And that, like I said, it's a million dollar question. Steve, what can I use bleach on? Non-porous surfaces. I'll make sure though, if you're cleaning up a large area per the EPA and our certifications, if it's larger than 10 square feet, you do need a professional. But even if you don't need a professional, you need the proper PPE. You need to have a containment. And you need to know what you're doing and doing it properly with airflow, air scrubbers, things like that. I get it. Not everybody can afford mold specialists. But if you're going to be doing things like that, know what you're doing. Just to be clear, you can use things like bleach or any other chemicals on materials like granite, concrete, tile, things like that. The things you cannot use chemicals on or bleach on are things like sheetrock, carpet, padding insulation, cardboard, books, things like that. Do not, let me repeat, do not spray chemicals on those because you are literally feeding the the mold colony. They What they're trying to do, they're trying to thrive and survive. They're going to go deeper into whatever material. Let's just say it's insulation. That mold's going to just keep embedding itself deeper and deeper. And if you spray a chemical on there, especially bleach, 95% of that is water. So you're literally watering with a spray bottle, watering the mold. So don't do that. I hope I went through things fairly clearly. Like I said, I apologize. I'm not the best at explaining things, but I know it's important things that people want to know. Here's my call to action. Don't just go grab a concrobium or something you order off of Amazon or the internet and spray mold thinking that you're going to save $3,000 versus you know proper mold mitigation just don't do it and even if you know it's a non-porous surface it's still a good idea to get a professional involved and you know all of you i hope know this i offer several different consultation packages we can do a vpa which is a virtual property assessment it's almost like a mold inspection except for i'm behind the camera well i guess you're behind the camera i'm telling you what to do i can do just a, a normal what I call my normal, a mold consultation, which is 90 minute consultation. I do consultations for follow-up for testing results. I do consultations for new home construction. I do consultations for mold mitigation as a third party, uh, just to, we can write your protocols, the steps that should be taken just to make sure you're getting things done right. So you can go to our website. It's cnccontractorservices.com. You can obviously click on links that are going to be in this podcast description, but make sure if, if you need, you know, to ask questions and you're not sure what needs to be done, you can shoot me an email and say, Hey, I'm not sure. Do I need a VPA? Do I need a 90 minute consultation? 
Do I need to just buy a book? Uh, feel free to reach out with those questions. I'll let you know what you need. But hopefully you all are enjoying your summer. Like I said, it's it's warm out there. But uh, hopefully you're doing well, staying safe. This was episode 215. Thanks for listening and have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to this episode. Make sure you go to our website at cnccontractorservices.com and sign up for the Mold Investigation Checklist. Again, go to cnccontractorservices.com and get your free Mold Investigation Checklist today. You can also, on cnccontractorservices.com, find out more about Steve's courses and books and consultations. Once again, go to cnccontractorservices.com.